Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Hey guys, I am here with Sarah Booth. She is currently starring in a really cool new show. It's called Three Pines and it's on Amazon Prime. That's right? That's right. Yeah. This is, I've only seen the, I think there's just like the first two episodes. Is it a weekly release? Yes. So every Friday, the 2nd, the 9th, the 16th, and the 23rd, there's going to be two episodes that uh, hit your Prime account. (laughs) Which is kind of funny because we've gotten spoiled, to go on a mini tangent, we've gotten spoiled with the the streaming, the episode after episode after episode, the binging, I guess. Yes. When something's episodic and it's like weekly releases, we're like, what the hell? (laughs) Where's the next episode? Yeah. it, it's a nice reminder of kind of simpler times when you had to wait till next Friday to find out what happened. So yeah, I think, I think, I think it's fun because at least, you know, we're getting two hours a week, which is, you know, more than we're used to, which is from traditional television. I mean, and I also feel like there's a part of it that has the anticipation. People are excited. Oh, tomorrow they drop. So I'm kind of happy that they did it this way. And also people that really are true bingers at least only have to wait like three weeks because then they can binge on the 23rd everything if they want. Right. Absolutely. And it's so funny because like the whole like say Seinfeld the next morning around the water cooler or at school or wherever you were you were like oh my god did you see last night's episode and with binging you kind of lose that it's like did you see the last 20 episodes right (laughs) it's like are you done the series yet because we can't talk about it if you're not done (laughs) and the the great thing about this show also is it packs a lot into each episode it really does it's not like I mean, there's like little bits of cliffhangers that leave you definitely wanting to see the next episode, but it's not, they're not frustrating cliffhangers. You're like, well, I have absolutely no idea what's going on now. No, you get that information in the show and it stars you, but it also stars the incredible Alfred Molina. He is chief inspector Armand Gamache and you play, is it inspector or officer Nicole? It's um, agent. Agent, yeah, well, officer, basically, yes. And you are this very earnest, very um, people pleasing, go getter, kind of bumbling a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's my impression. And but you're just so incredibly, you're there for it. You are there to solve this mystery, right? Your character. Totally. And it's first of all, Three Pines aesthetically visually is beautiful it's this little tiny what Canadian town little yeah tiny little town of 200 people that uh Amazon you know they they pitched the show to the town and most of the town voted yes and it's this tiny little town that uh, before we shot the series or even now it like doesn't even have a store there's there's no lights, no stoplight. It's it's tiny, tiny, like in the middle of the woods. So it's kind of has that perfect feel for what we're going for. And just as an aside, that is my dream to live in a tiny town like that. Because oh, I don't like peopling so much. I like talking, but I don't like. Ugh. So when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, can I move here, please? Yeah, well, what's funny is I grew up in a town very similar. Uh, I grew up in a town 
dairy town about an hour southwest of Montreal. So about an hour uh, where we shot the from where we shot the series, which was very fun. But I, I have definitely experienced small town vibes and it's just it's special. You you know everyone, you know everyone's business, which is great for some things and not great for other things. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really got the essence of, you know, of that small town Quebec for sure. And it was just nice to be able to go back home to, you know, close to where I grew up and and close to the people that I grew up with. It was really nice to go back and and do my biggest role at home. Right. And it, it feels like familiar to you too. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, what I love about the show is there's an underlying mystery of uh blue two rivers yes try not to give too much away i want people to watch it but that's like this little underlying ongoing um personal really personal to inspector gamash his mystery but now also you have a murder mystery of um miss cisti is it depote i'm horrible no (laughs) you did a great job great job and you know what? It's it's so funny to me watching it. As I said, you're very earnest. You really want to solve the crime. Uh, so does the chief inspector. Every you know everybody on the team wants to figure it out. But I'm watching and I'm going, do we really need to know who killed her? Because she was an awful human being. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she really was. But I think it was one one thing that I really noticed in the first two episodes was the two storylines talking about that um you know that generational trauma mm-hmm. that Cree had and that you know these poor missing and murdered indigenous women there's there's just so much that has been done to these communities for so many generations and I just thought I I never even realized it before I when I was reading the scripts but watching the show I was like oh wow this is so interesting to have these two storylines with similar themes but very different obviously but yeah it's just like when I watched it I just had so much more appreciation for the show I had only seen the first episode at the premiere so I'm watching it in real time with everyone and I'm blown away you know it's just so different from reading the scripts shooting shooting the series then they edit the music oh it's just it's such a treat yeah I'm really enjoying it and I'm happy that so many Louise Penny fans are enjoying it and one thing that I heard that makes me so happy is a lot of, uh, you know, the primary big, big audience for Louise Penny is women. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women are sitting down to watch the show and their husbands are instantly like, what is this? And now they're kind of sharing three pines together, which is very cool. And they're able to talk about it. And yeah, I just think it's, it's really fun to see it go to the screen and, and see what that does to the fan base. Right, absolutely. And it's reaching a broader audience than had previously been reached. And I think that's incredibly cool. And it it's not, it's not some overdone, blown up. I mean, there's not explosions every five minutes. There's no car chases really. It's like, but it's intense. Yeah. It, tension. And I think that's uh in part you guys, the actors, and you're right, the editing, the music just the little touches, like a simple blue feather, you know, there's a part, um, where the chief inspector is inside the be calm, uh, building. Yeah. And he's looking out the window 
and it looks like a bunch of like dead bodies are covered in snow out in the, and I was going, what the heck, what is going on? And it's just, it was, you know, those, the, the sculptures or the, the, the artwork, but it was just eerie and it was creepy and it just, everything, yeah, everything adds just that mm, to it. Yeah, I, I remember walking on set and the art installation was there and I was like, is there a part of the script I did not read? And then I, they explained to me what it was and I was like, oh, this is so powerful. Mm-hmm. The dresses, all the artwork was so powerful. Um, yeah, I'm really, what was really cool about the Indigenous storyline is that they brought on so many Indigenous actors, creators, uh, our director for this week's episodes is Tracy Deer, who's Mohawk, and also brought in um, certain organizations from the Indigenous community that consulted on the script. All the notes were taken, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of people are are seeing themselves on screen and are really responding to that storyline. And a lot of people that didn't know that this was happening are getting to see it in the media. So I think it's it's really important and it's, it's just great that it's getting the platform that it needs. Absolutely. And it seems like there's been this resurgence or surge of um, representation for the indigenous uh, people. And it's like, people are like, oh my God, I didn't know. And it's like, you don't, this has been going on hundreds of years. We can't, white people, we came in and we messed them up. This is not new. This is not new. It's like, just because you're just now, you know, you saw something on TikTok or you, you know, you saw Three Pines. Now you're just realizing, oh my God, they, they put the children into schools to try to make them white. You know, it's like, no, this crap has been going on for a long time. So show was happening until just, you know, 30 years ago, which is crazy. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be. Oh, you know, it's like, I was a lot, it, and you know what, that's side tangent, but that's what's so insidious is like, it's been going on. It's in our lifetimes, you know, these, these you know, these tragedies and these, um, these horrible things that are being done to other people, other cultures, it's still going on. Don't, don't pretend like we have fixed anything. Yeah. Depressing, but and and I think that's what's so important is because this specific storyline is fictitious, but it represents just thousands and thousands and thousands of storylines that so many people are connecting with and saying this happened to me, or I know that I know someone that this happened to. It's mm-hmm. you know it's touched a lot of people, so I think it's important that people can point to a piece of media and be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. A blues story specifically. Um, could be any person of any culture, this could happen. And what's um, intense to me was her family, they're not having it, you know, they, they're like, no. she would have called, she would never have. And people watching, if they even had the slightest brush of that are like, yes, yes. Do people, you know, teenagers, young adults, do they disappear uh, on a wild whim because they want to you know, travel the country. Sure. Maybe like five of them, (laughs) but there's a a deeper, more sinister aspect to it, I think. And her family is just like, they're, I feel like they have this 
sort of bond with the chief inspector, but they're also like, you're not going to pull one up. You're not going to tell us that the case is closed. Right. Yeah. 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 I think they can tell that he does. He has a lot of empathy and he does really want to help. They've mm -hmm. been, you know, messed around with for so long that even trusting Elmaya Tailfeather's character, Sergeant Lacoste is like, yeah, like, you know, you are indigenous, but you're not one of us. Like the fact that you're working for the SQ is it's not so great for us. It's, it's, yeah, they're, they are willing to, to take what the SQ says to a point. And then, then they're like, well, we'll do our own research. We're gonna, we're gonna push it a little farther. Yeah, yeah, they know their daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask, and this is completely unrelated to the show, but I saw in your bio that you worked at Universal Studios. Was that uh, Florida or California? In California, yeah. When I lived in Los Angeles, you know, living in Los Angeles is expensive. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I first got there, I met a few people that, you know, were just trying to help trying to help us out connect us with people and one of my really good friends said I do this live stunt show you would be great you you can act you can do the physical part so I auditioned got the role and there was like we're about six people per role just because you know physically it's quite hard to do and it's a seven day a week uh gig so I became such good friends with so many people in the stunt world and it was fantastic we were you know performing in front of 3,000 people five times a day, but it felt like, a, you know, a big adult jungle gym, basically. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, I'm working, but I'm playing at the same time. Exactly. For, for people listening, it says water world. So I'm imagining lots of stunts, lots of, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Driving boats, driving through fire, zip lining, jumping off exploding towers, fighting people. It was great. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, like that's like the younger, the younger people's jobs right there. Because exactly. just the idea of it, oh, I hurt myself just hearing in this story. I know. Well, that's the thing. I got to a certain point in my life where I was like, okay, we're good. We're done. <laughs> like, why did my ankle hurt? I think I need to take a break. Exactly. But you know what? That's, that's super cool. And a lot of people, it's so funny. A lot of people I don't once they got their start, but have had that theme park experience, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I think it's pretty cool. If well, I, was I think it's great because you're able to, you know, pay your bills, but also you're doing something that's in your world at the same time. So you get that, you get, you know, that satisfaction of performance and interacting with people or whatever, you know, whatever kind of performance you prefer but I for me you know sometimes you as an actor don't work for a few months or years it's you know you can't really predict and being able to do the show and get that applause <laughs> really like it filled my soul it was great and meeting the kids after the show that were just like you're a superhero and I was like yeah <laughs> you know like it was so fun Absolutely. And you, you touched on something. Um, Ever Carradine said something the other day about what people don't realize about acting is that you are unemployed for stretches of time. Yeah. So that and living in L.A., I mean, I feel like you would have to be 
the best budgeter. <laughs> you know, you'd have to be the like on top of my finances because this this episode, you know, this this series that you're working on ends and you're like, oh, okay. Could yeah. be two, two weeks, could be six months. Yeah, you never, never know. And it has nothing to do, you know, with your talent. Sometimes it's just timing, what, you know, just everything's time. I don't know. It's just, you can't predict, you know, you could be on the hottest show ever, but just all of a sudden it's not working out for you. So yeah, I'm a big believer in making sure that you are consistently doing things that you love, even when you're working and when you're not working so that you have, you know, not a super drastic change in your life when you're not working, you try to consistently do things. And also, you know, in, instead of treating it like, oh, well, I'm not working right now, treat it as I'm working on this right now. You right. know, we got a lot of, we own our own businesses. There's a lot of other things to do that we, we might not want to do, but we have to do. And, you know, just reframing your mindset is really important because it can get really, really depressing and hard if you're not working. Right. And I've, going back to what you were saying about Universal Studios is as an actor or as a performer, you, I feel like you would want to be more involved if you have to have a job, right? It would be something like that rather than working at, you know, I don't know, Red Lobster or Cheesecake Factory or being yeah. a waiter. Yeah, totally. And like, I, I was a waiter for a long time and it has its performance aspects for sure. But what's nice is that you're treated as a performer. So you're also not dealing with like mean people and you know, that kind of stuff. So it's definitely, um, yeah, it keeps, it kept me like creatively happy for sure. Right. And I think a lot of times when we take a, a, a job, we start to maybe doubt or, or second guess like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'll stick with this. Maybe I'll become, you, you start to think, for instance, I was working part-time at a clothing shop and I was like, oh, I should be selling clothes. You know, I should have a, a shop, not a shop, but like an online store. Oh, I could resell. And then I was like, you're getting caught up in your surroundings. This is mm -hmm. not, you're going to school. You're not going to school to sell clothes. You're going to school for this. So I think you have to be really careful. And when it's just a job, it's just a job. But like I said, this is your career. So I think it's a big difference. Yeah, it really is. And I was lucky because that job at Universal introduced me to so many people in Los Angeles. And I got to do some amazing uh, stunt work on huge TV shows, which was very cool. But yeah, at the end of the day, I just got to a point where I was like, my film and television career is starting to pick up. If I get hurt here, ugh, that like I won't forgive myself. So I, I just got to a point where I knew, okay, it's time. It's time to... Uh, to stop this, this job, but it, it was hard to say, you know, to, to leave it for sure. But I still teach fitness because I love it. And, uh, I like to stay in touch with my fitness community. So I teach one day a week and nice. uh, I just love it. Yeah. I think that's cool. And I think it's also funny because I know a girl who started out doing stunts and okay. then got, got into acting mm. and, and she was on a project and they're like, have you ever done stunts? And she's like, Yes, because, <laughs> you know, she's trying to get away from it. So yeah. now 
yeah, I can do my own stunts. So it's like, you have to decide, do I want to? Absolutely. Yeah. You kind of have to, they, they get confused sometimes and they're like, wait, do you do stunts? Are you an actor? But for me, when I book something as an actor and there are stunts involved, I always let them know like, Hey, I want to do my own stunts. If I can, I get that some of them are like the insurance companies like, no, but if I can do it, I love, I love doing my own stuff. I mean, I, I feel like, com- you know, production companies, they're not, they're a little hesitant to have their lead, you know, light themselves on fire, fall off a roof. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 For sure. Like they're, you know, they'll let me do a lot of stuff, especially if I'm eager, but they definitely draw the line at a couple of things where they're like, no, because you know, if I get hurt or number one gets hurt, you got to stop production or really figure something out. And it's just not worth it at the end yeah. of the day at the end of the day it's it's it comes down to the the almighty dollar because the almighty dollar <laughs> oh yeah i want to know what you have up next what's going on what's going on in your life next yeah i actually just finished shooting on murdoch mysteries which is on cbc or netflix depending where you are and i also did a guest star on the tv show transplant which is on nbc in the states I have a movie out right now called Last Call. It's a one take feature film. So we never cut uh, for 80 minutes. And so it felt very much like theater on screen, which was very nice. That is available on Peacock and Tubi. Okay, Peacock and Tubi. And we're hoping for season two. That's right. We got a lot of books. We got a lot of books. Isn't that nice to get onto a project and you're like, oh my God, they've written 20 books. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really, yeah. We're keeping our fingers crossed. And honestly, like the feedback has been awesome. So we're, we're pretty hopeful. And I mean, Alfred Molina is an incredible, incredible actor. I just have to ask you, is he as nice in person as he seems like he would be? He is nicer yeah he is so nice like he's just such a fun person to be around he grew up in the theater so he treated our cast very much like you know you would treat your castmates in the theater everyone's an equal there's no ego hierarchy he's also incredibly generous more than happy to run lines before a scene more more than happy to discuss and he's also hilarious he's so like he loves to keep things light on set and joke around so he was just a pleasure a pleasure to be around and and act with and learn from like his just his look sometimes I was like ooh, and like I felt it yeah well I feel like when you look at him and yeah he's been you know he was Doc Ock he was a villain uh, he was in um oh my god the the film with Tom Hanks where he was like flagellating himself and I was like but he, when you look at him, he looks like, he looks like I would want my favorite uncle to be just like happy and, you know, make a joke. Oh, he seems amazing. He really but is. He's so fun. If anybody wants to see Alfred Molina and Sarah Booth, Three Pines every Friday night, it's an episode on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It's, in- it's an incredible show and it's beautiful. And I'm in Florida and it's still hot on December, whatever day it is. Mm-hmm. And I watch your show and I just want to roll around in the snow. It's like, oh. you know, cozy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Can people follow you on social media? Of course. Yeah. On Instagram, I'm at 
Sarah with an H, Film Booth. And same thing on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And I would love to have you come back. I would love to. Yeah, please let me know. Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful night and thank you so much. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.